Hey, it's Shannon. Hope you're well and enjoying the holiday season. I am taking a short break until the new year when you will hear new episodes of Southern Mysteries. For patrons of the show, there is a new exclusive episode waiting for you on Patreon today. Now, if you are new here, Southern Mysteries is an independent podcast, and it's made possible by the folks who support the show. And in return, you get to hear Patreon-exclusive stories called Southern Mystery Shorts. So in the spirit of the season, and while you wait for new episodes, I'm sharing one of those stories with you now. So enjoy a preview of a Southern Mystery Shorts. And if you love Southern Mysteries and want to hear more of these stories to keep you company until the new year, join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Southern Mysteries. Soldiers are often referred to as our guardians at the gate, protecting freedom and the country they love. This was true of a brave young man whose battle scars were carried in his heart and on his forehead for the world to see, a burden he would bear for the remainder of his life. You may have seen an old photo circulating of a Civil War veteran who was shot in the head. He survived 54 years with an open bullet wound in the middle of his forehead. His name was Jacob Miller. His photo makes the rounds on social media and Civil War forums quite often, but his story is usually confused with another Union veteran of the same name, who was a hero at the Battle of Vicksburg. But this Jacob Miller was quite possibly the most remarkable survivor of the Civil War. Jacob was born in Perrysville, Indiana, in 1838. In 1861, the 23-year-old enlisted in the Union Army's 9th Indiana Volunteer Infantry. He saw a lot of action during the war, coming under fire at the battles in Greenbrier, West Virginia, Perryville, Kentucky, the siege at Corinth, and the Battle of Chickamauga, Georgia. That Georgia battle was one of the most significant defeats for the Union in the Western theater of the Civil War, with the second highest number of casualties second only to Gettysburg. It was here at Chickamauga on the morning of September 19, 1863, Jacob Miller was shot while lying down to take aim at the enemy. Just as he was about to shoot, one round ball and three buckshots hit him right between his eyes, passing to the left under the frontal bone, crushing his left eye out of the cavity. As Jacob Miller would describe in his life story, Published in the Daily News of Joliet, Illinois in 1911, he was left for dead when his company was forced to fall back from their position. As they would later say, they were sure he was dead or would be soon. Sometime later, when Jacob regained consciousness, he realized he was in the rear of the Confederate line. He knew he may be dying, but he was determined he would not die as a prisoner of war. Jacob used his gun as a staff to help him stand and walk back some distance and then started to walk parallel with the line of battle. He figured being covered with blood helped cover up the fact that a Yankee was walking in the midst of rebel forces. In fact, Jacob was covered in so much blood that his own major didn't recognize him when he passed back onto the Union side. Weak from loss of blood and overcome with pain, Jacob Miller laid down by the side of the road and passed out again. 
He was discovered by passing ambulance bearers who put him on a stretcher and carried him to a union-filled hospital where surgeons examined his wound and told him an operation would kill him and he was most likely dead anyway. They recommended he write final letters and prepare himself to meet his maker. The next morning, it seems doctors and nurses were surprised to find him alive, and he was informed that most of the wounded were being sent to Chattanooga, Tennessee, but he would not be among them. He could not be moved due to the severity of his wound. Before leaving, a doctor told Jacob that if he was taken prisoner, he could try to negotiate an exchange due to his condition. This was meant to encourage him, but it only made him more determined to not be taken prisoner by the Confederacy. So Jacob Miller, with that bullet in his head, walked away from the hospital on his own to make his way to Chattanooga. He figured it was worth a try to make it to better care where a doctor may be willing to operate on him. He didn't make it far before he passed out, but a wagon transporting the wounded to Tennessee saw him and loaded him in with the rest. Two days passed and Jacob Miller was transported twice. His next fully conscious memory was waking up in a Nashville hospital where he asked a surgeon to help him operate on him. But he was once again told surgery would mean certain death and the surgeon refused. Over the next few months, Jacob Miller would be transported to several hospitals and eventually ended up in New Albany, Indiana. After nine months of constant pain and suffering, Jacob explained that he got a furlough home. He visited with friends for 15 days and then met with two doctors, Fitch and Coleman, who listened to Jacob's story and how he had been told over and over again that surgery was not possible. As Jacob put it, he explained to the doctors if they would do the operation, he would risk the dying part of it. And they agreed. The doctors put Jacob in a barber's chair and probed for that bullet, found it, and as one used forceps to pull the bullet, he realized they would only be able to remove a portion of the bullet because it had become twisted between Jacob's frontal bone and his skull bone. They removed what they could and wished Jacob their best. Jacob Miller returned to New Albany Union Hospital, where he remained until the end of his enlistment in September 1864. When he returned home, he learned his father and mother were dead, and he no longer had a place to call home. Their farm was gone. Jacob found work at other farms and took whatever odd jobs he could, but he found people treated him in a different way because of his now permanent and peculiar appearance. A man with an open bullet wound in the middle of his forehead, a wound that would occasionally discharge, and he had no control over it. People who saw this discharge coming from his head wound were disgusted by it, and it made finding work or connecting with many folks in the community rather difficult. Jacob Miller became known around his town by the cruel nickname of Center Shot. Now, Jacob did find love in 1871 when the 33-year-old married Marjorie Peck. As Jacob told his story in 1911, 
He recounted that he barely made enough to live on all the years since the war and often struggled to care for his family. He had no steady income apart from his $40 pension Uncle Sam gave him. That challenge to find work and make a living, overcome people's judgment of his appearance, was only part of his struggle in the decades following the Civil War. There were constant headaches brought on by parts of the bullet that remained in his head, and he struggled with bouts of delirium in which he was back on the battlefield fighting an invisible enemy. He would occasionally emerge from his delirious state in which he had believed himself to be back on that battlefield in Chickamauga, holding his rifle, aiming at his enemy, but he would awaken to find he was holding a stick. Jacob recounted his daily routine of cleaning his open wound, saying after 17 years of cleaning that wound, one morning he was washing his face when something hard dropped into the washing pan. He reached down, felt around in the soapy water, and pulled up part of a buckshot that had fallen out of his wound. 31 years after that war wound, two more fragments fell into the pan while he was washing. Jacob Meller said the pressure was released from his headaches after those fragments fell out, but the discharge from his wound continued, and he never felt he could be part of society for fear of offending someone. But Jacob Miller was not ashamed of his story or of that wound. Disappointed by how he was treated when he came home? Certainly. But as he said to the reporter who interviewed him in 1911, he was not sharing his story to complain about anyone or place any fault for his misfortune and suffering for the years following the war. He knew people were curious about that wound in his head, and he just wanted to tell his story. Jacob Miller died January 12, 1927, at the age of 88. To some, his legacy may be that photo that makes the rounds and tends to shock folks when they see that wound in his forehead. But Jacob's true and lasting legacy was his love of the country he served the country he sacrificed so much to preserve. As he said in 1911, he wanted folks to know he was proud of his wound and service, saying, I am glad I was a small link in that great chain of soldiers that brought back old glory without a single star missing.